in a sense, to me, a mentor is there to be like a mirror for you. It's like, what do you see in yourself? What is it that you want? What is it that you think you can do? And we are your mirrors to see whether your reflection is an accurate reflection. What are the doors I can open for you? And what are the things that maybe I need to get someone else to help you? Hey everyone, I'm your host, Paul Turn. In the day, I work a pretty normal job as a doctor in Singapore. But in my spare time, I interview successful people, mainly in Asia, with interesting career paths, hobbies or side projects. I trace their stories right back to their humble beginnings and I ask, what do these unconventional journeys teach us? And can we similarly be more imaginative in what we do? Welcome to the Alternative CV Podcast. This podcast is produced in conjunction with Catalyst. Catalyst is a clinician-focused startup incubator and co-working space in Singapore. To find out more about what Catalyst does, visit thecatalyst.com.sg. Hello everyone, welcome if you're new. This is the Alternative CV Podcast. Today in this Masterclass podcast segment, I talk to Professor Ong Biao Chi about leadership. Prof Ong is a cardiac and thoracic anesthetist by training. She is a Master of Medicine in Anesthesia and she graduated with the Gold Medal Award in 1992 from the National University of Singapore Yongdulin School of Medicine. During her stellar career, she's been the lead anesthetist in some high-profile operations, including in Singapore's first left ventricular assist device implantation in 2001, the separation of the Nepalese craniopagus twins in 2001, and the Iranian craniopagus twins in 2003. Alongside her clinical practice, she has an interest in patient safety, quality improvement, and clinical governance. And she currently serves as the chairman of the medical board in Sengkang Hospital in Singapore. If you haven't yet listened to part one of our conversation, where Prof Ong talks about how she got into leadership and how she rose to her eminent position today, then do check that out and you can find that on alternativecv.fm or wherever you're listening to this podcast. But today, I talked to Prof Ong about leadership and we talk about the qualities of a leader that we all aspire to. We talk a little bit about mentorship because leadership is all about leading people. We talk about the qualities that make for a good mentor and how Prof Ong helps people to achieve their full potential. We also talk a little bit about goal setting and time management. And finally, we cover the topic of female leadership. So lots of things to get into. I hope you learn lots about leadership and especially leadership on the ground, a very personal form of leadership that Prof Ong is very well known for. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Prof Ong Biao Chi about leadership. I thought the, the thing which we can talk about is leadership because we've kind of alluded to it like long, mm. like in the beginning parts of this conversation already. So I suppose as a starting question, I, I think a, a lot of, during the course of my research for this interview, I came across a lot of articles about how you're held in very high regard as a leader because of your willingness to, as we were talking about, go down to the ground. And then other people have said that you've got uh, extremely high IQ, EQ, AQ, and, and, and a lot. But I, I wondered whether internally you've ever reflected on this question about leadership and thought to yourself, okay, these are the qualities of a leader that I should uh, aspire to myself, just as an internal compass. Hmm. Of course, we all want to know that we reflect, right? But uh, and and certainly, we've. I, I have read books, but when I first started, no, I was not trained to do this, hmm. right? And books were out of curiosity, and 
you're right to say that there are many books which will tell you many things, right? And leadership, like like I say, is a lot of uh, soft science, a lot of human encounters. Now, do I reflect that I'm a good leader? I I don't see it that way because sometimes when I look at books and it goes, oh, number one, you should this, number two, I wonder, mm, do I do that, right? But I think I think what is key is your genuine interest in people and making things better. And I, I generally feel that everybody has a value. And if you can find what is that person's gift and how they can be, they can fulfill their potential, right? And I sometimes I have to acknowledge that when, when you fulfill that potential, you might find that there's another organization that you can contribute in better. We should be okay to say we part as friends, mm. right? And I think once you can make everybody feel that they are working at their full potential, you get a very good team, right? Because people sort of come together and say, I'm happy. We're all happy to work, right? I go home happy. I come tomorrow energized. That's important, right? That's important. But when you say, do I sort of think, reflect on what are the, you know, is everything good? No, I, I think there is a balance. Sometimes the personal interest in each person does has, have to be calibrated with, like you say, not being overwhelmed, right? You're, you're too involved in all the intricacies. There are days when you need to lift yourself out of this and say, okay, okay, there are all these small things. You all could deal with it, right? Now, what is the big thing? What is the moving forward? What's the strategy, right? It, it's the same thing as when we built the hospital. One of the things um, I asked is that if you want me to build a hospital, I like to run it as well. Right then, you know. So, for example, today sometimes I go to the to the ground staff and I say, "Oh dear, what I thought was a good idea, not so clever after all." Now that I see what you all are doing, right? And I tell them, oh, "Sorry lah, last time a bit stupid, right?" And and most people are very forgiving. They say, "Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody would have known lah." But okay, okay, let's work on how to now improve this situation, mm-hmm. right? So, in a sense, it's a full cycle. Right of of learning for for even for myself is an exciting journey. But where is that balance of when you you sort of have to have this routine check in to say this is the time when I need to review these are the things that I need to do have I done them, right? This is a strategic plan for the next six months. When should we start the strategic plan and when how much time should I give people uh, to get there, right? So I think that's the other side of the balance. The, the, other, the other thing that's important, I find, is to find the correct partners for yourself. You need to know where your weaknesses are, and there are some people that you need to support you. So, for example, if, if, uh, if I'm very haphazard, I need someone that I, I tell them, look, you have to keep me on time about this thing and this thing and this thing. Okay, You have to put a reminder on this date, this date, this date, and we, we have to catch these time points. Right, It's your job, because I know I'm bad at this. Okay, I'm, I'm like, whoa, there's another exciting thing here. Let's go do that, okay? And there are these people who will pull you back and say, oh, wait, 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 wait. You have to fulfill this and you have to fulfill that, mm. right? So I think these are little bits that um, I've learned along the way. I don't know how useful it is to someone start, but I think you need to know yourself first, right? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? I wouldn't call it weaknesses, but where you need someone to help you. And I also believe that you will never be very, 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 very good if you only work on where you, 
You know, sometimes we tell people feedback, right? You're not very good at this. Go and improve this. And sometimes that person then puts all his attention on this thing that I'm not so good at. But that's not where your, your gift is. You should put attention on where you are really good at. Then you maximize that. Where you're not so good at, just try and be good enough. Okay? And then get other people to help you. Yes, yes, yes. Acknowledge it and try and get other people to help you because it's just not your strength. Right? I can assure you that this advice is really, really useful to anybody like, you know, junior staff uh, as well. I have so many follow-on questions. Uh, I think the first one that which I wanted to pursue was, you know, you talked about having regular times when you can take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Mm. Is, are these, do you build this in for yourself in terms of a structure? Uh, yes. So, so from much earlier on, I started keeping notes. Last time it was on paper and pen, right? Oh, and wow. then it became a bound top, right? So what's your note-taking strategy? It's actually on my phone. I, I have this thing of short-term to-do list, long-term to-do list, medium-term to-do list, a research list, education list, right? So when ideas come out, I sort of go and, and put it in. Okay, I must follow up on this one and the timeline is roughly here. I think this is a good idea, right? But maybe not now, okay? Maybe six months time, I, I need to look back at this and see whether this is still a good idea, Right? Do we need to have this service in a hospital? Okay. If there's somebody who can take it off, well and good. Okay, I just put it there as follow-up. If there's nobody who's going to take it off, then I have to organize a team, right? And what kind of time frame will I give myself? So, for example, you know, going into the community has always been the focus of uh, Sengkang because, in a sense, we are right smack in the middle of HDB, right? When we first moved in, it was a, a bit of a culture shock right? because when you look out the window and you wave the opposite neighbor in the HDB flat will wave back, <laughs> right? So it, it's, it's very much a community thing, right? So it was one of those things I sort of felt we need to do. And now we've formed a team who basically takes it off and they just give me a routine report of what's happening, which is fine, right? But if there's no team, then somehow we have to organize it. So how frequently do you review these ideas or you know these things that, you, mm -hmm. that you've typed into your phone or notepad? Uh, it depends on... Short term, medium term, or long term. Oh, okay. So you are, so okay. So what that? So I, so I have a short term list, okay, and short term list gets seen like every day. It's like, did I do it? Did I not do it? Oh, you will check it every day. Yes. Oh wow. Medium term list gets checked maybe every month or two, and a long term list gets checked every six months. And then some things I say, ah, uh, well, somebody else has done it. Let, let's just go copy shamelessly. Let's not start all over again. Then it moves itself from the long-term list into the medium-term list, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, you set reminders for yourself to to look at mm, it? I don't just set habit. a reminder, but it is more or less in, in a habit that I will just go through these lists and, and see what I've not done. Wow. And how long, how long have you been maintaining this for? Many, many years. Since I was a trainee at that time, it was purely for... I told you I'm a very curious person. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a curious topics, right? Oh, I must go and read about this. Hey, this is a great idea, right? So I will write all these things in and then and then I'll say, ah, I haven't read this one. Time to go to a library to find it. Last time it was a library. Now, now it's like... Just Google. Google. <laughs> right? But that's why I started keeping a list because you, you can't be in a library all the time, right? So so when I go, I'll have my list and I'll go, okay, I want to look for this. Let's read about this. Let's read about this. Let's read about this. See, So that's how it started. Mm. Nothing to do with admin, of course. <laughs> mm. 
Previously, I really liked the point as well, which you brought up about getting everyone to fulfill their potential, mm-hmm. kind of seeing what people are gifted in and then and then giving them some space to to feel like they're contributing something that they are also growing in the mm. organization. And uh, I think why why that was so special was because at the end of the day, leadership is about leading people and every set of team members are different. So there's no really one right way of leading. Mm. It's all circumstantial. I wonder whether you have here had an example of how you put this into practice, you know, like looking at, you know, helping people to say achieve their fullest potential just to kind of help people understand what what that kind of looks like. Mm. I, I guess it also depends on, uh, you know, personal reflection and all that. So, so I've, I've had, in a sense, a student, a mentee who was very, very keen to do anesthesia, okay? Came and said, oh, I really want to do this. And it's a good chat. So I said, okay, sure, sure, sure. Come, come and do a Moplex posting, mm-hmm. right? Six months, okay? Somewhere along the first week, uh, not the first week, first month, I sort of met him again. How are you on track? And I sort of talked to him and, and discovered what perhaps is his strengths, right? And then I sort of said, well... I think you can try, but well, we'll see, we'll see. Okay. So after about the second month when I met him, I said, so how are you on track, you know, with this? And then he suddenly said, you are right. It stresses me to death looking at the monitor and the blood pressure is changing. The heart rate is changing. I have no clue what's happening, but I'm expected to react to it appropriately. Right? So I said, yes. And what is uncomfortable about this, okay? And he says, you know, I keep going through my mind all the differential diagnosis. I don't know why it is. I need to know the diagnosis. So I said, well, maybe something else is better for you, like something that has a lot more differential diagnosis, like medicine. And today he's a very well-respected medical person, right? So I think these are just some things that we, we, you know, try and look at what's, don't don't kill yourself over something that you think is interesting, you think is nice, you think is is fun. But ultimately it stresses you no end, right? Mm. Yeah. So so it, it's just one of those uh, little things. Right. And some people sort of say, no, 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 no. Uh, admin is not my 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 thing. Yeah, I just tell them, oh, why don't you just do this one little project and see whether you like it? And some of them from there sort of say, mm, hey, maybe. This is what I will do. Yeah. So, so you know, when I was uh, first HOD of anesthesia, I think it's a bit controversial. I sort of told the department, okay, I'm just going to be here for a number of years. Why don't you all vote for your next hit so that we can groom the person? I think everybody was like, hmm, okay, <laughs> right? Slightly unorthodox. So in the end, we put in four people at different generations, right? Because I sort of looked at it and said, Let, let's groom a few people rather than one um, because it may give the wrong idea or, you know, what, whatever it is. Anyways, opportunity is a huge department, mm-hmm. right? Why don't we give people opportunity? And I'm glad to say all of them are now in positions of leadership, mm. right? But I can tell you that first conversation, so, so everybody had a chance to put in a vote into a box, okay? Nobody knows what name or whatever, whoever put whatever. And then I simply collated everything. The, the person that they put as a top choice absolutely refused. 
And the second person said, yes, sure. So second, third, and then uh, a few others, right? Because of, you know, the number of years, we, we put it as a, a number of years apart so that not everybody is in the same cohort. Mm-hmm. And the first person was, was, in a sense, a bit too close, you know, in terms of years and all that, right? So the, the, these other people have now come up to be in leadership positions. But that first conversation, right? I would say three out of four sort of said, eh, no. Right? So, so it was sort of, why don't you try it? No pressure, right? Pressure on me, right? If I give you something and it mm. doesn't come out well, pressure's on me. But give it a go, okay? Yeah, the equivalent of putting a, that JCI booklet in your original. It is equivalent to that. I think it's inspired by that, right? And then to give people a chance to do things without pressure, right? I would say as, as, a, as a boss, as a head, my job is to 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 defend you like, when when things uh, fall apart. As long as I know what you're doing, I don't do something stealthily, and I'm not. I, I don't know about it. I can't defend you. But mm. if you if you you know you tell me and I and you falter, I mean, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes, right? Mm. That's great because it provides a safety net, and it comes back to what we we're talking about in terms of letting the people under you grow. Because I think a lot of things, like for example, finance. I think most of the clinicians know nothing about finance, right? Do you mm-hmm. know how much your patients are charged when when they're in your ICU? No, right? <laughs> but if you're in the admin track, you have to manage these things, correct? So so a little bit of opportunity to understand is, is always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about mentorship since you kind of talked, uh, mm. touched on it earlier. Because medicine, I think, maybe slightly unlike most other professional special as professional jobs it still seems to me to be very much of like apprenticeship you know you mm, have people mm-hmm. you look up to or you have people you train under mm. and one way or another subconsciously or not you kind of imbibe some of them into into yourself mm. or you know either the good qualities that you take on or the bad qualities you're like okay i probably won't do that won't be like that what do you makes for a good mentor in our time there's no such thing as a mentor right you, you just like you say you, you just look at people Right? It can be your seniors, it can be your juniors, it can be people not even in your own department. And then you sort of say, hey, this is uh, something I'd like to do. This is something I, I see that might be a good thing to learn and to imbibe. But I think it's also good, like you say, to know these are also the things maybe that doesn't suit me, that won't work out for me. Right? I know now I'm quite appreciative that the mentoring system is, is a lot more uh, structured in a sense. Yeah? So that you get the opportunity of uh, interacting with, with a mentor that you, you know, has a little bit of commitment. Right? I mean, in the past, because there's no mentorship program, that this, uh, in a sense, is free for all, which, which suits me, frankly. But I can imagine that if you are not, you don't take that first step, you might never have that opportunity. Right? So, so I think now it's a bit more formalized. And I think as a mentor, you learn a lot from your, from your mentee as well. You learn a different perspective, right? After all, things have changed. And you learn that they want a different thing. And it's only to, in a sense, to me, a mentor is there to be like a mirror for you, right? Mm. It's like, what do you see in yourself? What is it that you want? What is it that you think you can do? And when you, we are your mirrors to see whether your reflection is an accurate reflection. What are the doors I can open for you? And what are the things that maybe 
I need to, you know, get someone else to help you. That's a very interesting perspective because I suppose I approach it looking at mentor as teaching the mentee or, okay, do it my way. But what you were saying is that you are helping the mentee to, to discover for themselves and, mm. and you were saying reflect. You can't make someone do things your way, right? I mean, not, not that I'm keeping any secrets. If you think that something I'm doing is, is okay, I can share with you. But if it's not you, it will never be you, right? So, so that's why I feel it's more for, for a reflection, to, for you to find yourself, right? And to, to, in a sense, see where you're really good at and how we can, we can supplement this, train you in the correct perspective, Right, send you for courses maybe, or even get you to speak to someone else that I know knows this well or can help you in this perspective. See. Hmm. Are there anything specifically that you do with your mentees? Other than chit chat? <laughs> um, no, no, I, I don't really, really think that there's anything specific. I, I generally let them decide what they, how it works for them. Well, we do try and keep to at least meeting on and off and touch base, right? Formally or informally. Sometimes I just text them. What's happening in your life? But chit-chat is, is, a, is a huge thing. I can see that actually a lot of this is based on getting to know the person and uh, what they're like mm. and where you can fill in, point them, like, point them to other people, push in some parts and, and it's all mm. very, there's no specific answer because it's all based on what, what comes that up. person wants, mm. right? What their goals are. And if you have no goals, then we better have some goals. <laughs> yeah. And then work on those. Mm. Mm. Let's talk about resources. Uh, mm. You mentioned reading books in the past. Have you come across any kind of like books, articles on the internet, like radio shows, podcasts, whatever you, whatever you do to find out more information? What has, anything that has stood out for you as being very helpful to yourself? Various things. And, and I think at one stage, it was uh, books on EQ. Okay. And then now it's like in going into SQ, right? What, what's SQ? Social quotient. Yes, wow. EQ, okay. emotional quotient, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think in nowadays, everybody talks about IQ, right? And it's only when I started working, then um, I sort of, not, not really working, but maybe in uh, medical student days, when you start interacting with, with, with people more, then you realize that there's uh, something more to it uh, rather than the IQ part. Hmm. And then only when I was working and doing a little bit of the clinical governance, then you see a broader perspective, then the social quotient comes in, right? You, you need to know the social context. That's why I said, what is your past experience? Why, why you, you, you feel that that's how things work is important. Right, yeah. So, so I generally go for books in those areas. But I must say, in the recent past, it's books into building hospitals. <laughs> right? And surprisingly, yes. it was uh, a book written by this uh, guy who built a hospital in India. Right? For the moment, I just cannot remember the authorship, but. We can link to it later. It's, it's mm, fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, ask you any book titles that come to mind? Not really. General, I pick up anything that, that, that is there to read, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so, so that, you know, it's uh, broad-based and you, you don't get just influenced by one person's thoughts. It's uh, many people's uh, different ideas, right? And sometimes you find that many people's different ideas that interact at one common point, there must be some truth to it, right? 
if everybody thinks differently about something, then maybe it's really very broad based. It's something you develop yourself, right? Mm. So, so I tend to to um, be a little bit more broad based than specific. Mm. Mm. Totally different question now. In in the midst of doing all this, your clinical work, your your admin work, you still manage to 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 run a family, start a family, and be a mum. So, any how how did you really uh, juggle your time and make sure they are still there to to do your to to, to raise your children and things like that? Mm. I guess I treat them the same way that I treat people. So my three kids are very very different. They grew up in the same family. In fact, my helpers have been with me for almost thirty years. Oh wow. As old as the kids, right? <laughs> and so, so I guess what I can say is uh, that it's a a priority at each time of your life, right? And and sometimes I think what happens now is uh, when you when when you set certain priorities at, at a certain point in your life. So, for example, when the kids are young, you do want to spend a bit more time, right? Mm, but are you willing to let your career or or you know what's more important? Right, something has to take a back seat at certain points in your life, and you have to accept that. Right, and sometimes if it comes naturally, right, you you can balance both by all means. Right, and I had very very good departments and bosses, so it was a little bit of a a good balance. I have very good family support, and like I I told you, my helpers have been around for the longest time. My parents, my in laws, everybody was. It was a very nice um, family environment. Mm-hmm. So that allowed me to juggle both things at the same time. And of course, my husband was very supportive, right? But if you don't, then certain things will have to take a back seat, right? And and sometimes I think if you demand everything at the same time on the same time at the same pace, then that's when things uh, fall apart. Right, maybe also because of the working relationship at that time, when you're post call as a as an SR, which is equivalent to an AC now, we did about nine stay in calls a month, which I think now is is a uh, taboo, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> taboo. Yeah. So just for context, a uh, uh, call is when you work almost uh, work overnight mm, essentially, mm, mm. and until the the next day, sometimes mm. midday, sometimes mm. a full day. Mm. Well, for us, luckily, it was usually midday or sometimes earlier, right? So it gave me a lot of opportunity to be actually at at kids' activities on a weekday, oh, right? Wow. So after work, I can go to the school, meet the teacher, stand there and watch what they're doing, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess when you're a bit younger, you 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 don't need so much sleep, right? <laughs> Nowadays, I, think I definitely cannot do it. Yeah. So so that's the balance, and and I think I. The same thing. I, I sort of try and see what their potential because every kid is different. They like different things. My oldest one is very sporty, so she likes all these sport things. We, we used to bring her bowling here, there, and everywhere. She was in sports school for a little while. Second one is a bit more academic, right? So to the libraries he goes, and the youngest one is more art, art, right? Artifati lah. So so the dance, the catwalks. Fashion shows, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's 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 quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Give them a little bit of freedom to explore, as long as it's in safe limits, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of similarities to kind of leadership, mentorship that we were talking about mm-hmm. just now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they're different, right? At least they they grow up, you know. I mean, I'm I'm sure they also have regrets, 
right? <clears throat> like like sometimes I talk to my kids and sometimes they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they remember in speeding off uh, out of the house at, at 2 a.m. And then my youngest one said, yeah, I remember sitting in the tea room for three hours while you were doing that other little kid. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's just some of these experiences. Mm. Um, just coming to the end, I'd like to spend some time talking about, say, females in leadership positions. Mm. Uh, medicine has been, even up to not too long ago, pretty male-dominated. Mm. But this is issue about female leadership has been in the spotlight very recently. And I think a lot of people are waking up to the idea that it's a good thing. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think you know, it provides a different balance to, to the boardroom? It certainly does, because I think we have different perspectives and maybe the family also comes in. Although I have to say that sometimes the guys are kinder to, to people with families, actually. Because mm. sometimes the women are the ones who sort of say, well, I've done that, been there, done that. Oh, what's your problem? Right? But I think, I think in a sense, the understanding is a little bit different. Right? Having been to other places, I mean, I, I worked a year in US. I actually feel that locally, women do have very equal uh, rights in a sense. Right? If you're good, you're recognized. Mm. Even more so than, than some of the other countries. I, I think... Also, the, the landscape in healthcare has changed, right? In the past, I think there were actually very few women in, in, in medicine to start with. <clears throat> now, there are, there are a lot more, right, in terms of proportion because of the medical school intake and all that. So, of course, then there, there's more opportunity as well, right? Does it bring a different perspective? Of, of course, it does to the boardroom. But I, I think everybody brings a different perspective. Like, it's not just about gender, it is about allowing people to speak and listening to each other, right? Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah, and it's about social experiences and uh, mm. where you trained and, and a lot more things than just, and gender. just gender. But yeah, yeah, I completely agree yeah. with you that I can see that in terms of doctors, the, the gender ratio and, mm. and opportunities is very, very equally split locally mm. in Singapore. Mm. So. Yes, and I, I think also in the past, they used to think that the women will spend more time at home after the kids come. But I, I think nowadays I see some of my guy colleagues taking a year off huh, mm. to be a father when their wives uh, take their turn to maybe do an HMDP or something like that, which which is great, which is great. It's, it's pretty equal. Everybody takes up a little bit of the responsibility. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's great that there are provisions for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'd just like to end off by asking you about um, your advice for uh, young people. Two questions then. Yeah, advice for, for young doctors and then more generally young people who are at the start of your careers, especially since you've been, you've seen your children grow up yourself. Hmm. Feel free to tackle them in any order. I think for young doctors, probably is, you know, open your eyes even as students, right? Be, be reflective about what you think you want to do, but don't rush into it. Right? There is a right time to, to make these decisions. On the other hand, don't dilly-dally, dally-dilly, and then, you know, time has passed by. <laughs> That's why I said, you know, I have this notebook, which I, I, I mean, now it's on the phone, which I review, right? So if you know that there is something that you need to do, you know, review it. Don't need rush, but don't 100% put it into la-la land, you know, and then you never get there. Then it's one day you look back and say, hey, I could have done that, but time has passed. Because there are certain things in life that you you can't unwind the clock. You can't do it again. 
right? I mean, one of the examples I said is uh, in, in those days, we could do a call, right? Round the clock and round the clock again. And then evening, you're still meeting your friends, having a great time. Now you really can't. I mean, honestly, you know, sometimes in, 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 even in cardiac work, sometimes you have to come back in the night. The next day you're like dead, okay? Mm. Right? Yeah. So, so there's a time for everything, right? Don't rush, but don't forget it either. Okay, get on to it. So, so if you want to train and all that, get on to it. For, for young people in general, I think I would say there's more to life than, than sometimes you're very focused, right? Which is good, which is good. You should be focused. Okay, I'm not trying to say, you know, just, just uh, swing around life and, and do nothing in general. Be focused, but remember that there are other things that happen around you, which is why I said the, the, the social part. You know, why does somebody else think this way? Why do they say this, right? Try and understand that context. Try and go out into someone else's world, right? A lot of times when we are talking, I'm in my own world. I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm just in my own world. So, so a little bit of mindfulness in a sense, right? Stepping out into someone else's world and think, what is it? What is, what, what is the other person's perspective? I think that also helps you reflect on your, yourself as well. Right. Even today, I tell my my anesthetist, right, before you decide to give the drug, take three deep breaths. Sometimes, you know, you see the BP dropping, uh, and then you want to reflex, right? Take three deep breaths and think about it. Sometimes you don't have to do anything. So same thing in life, right? A little bit of mindfulness, reflection. Don't jump into it, right? Will we'll, we'll stand you in good stead, on the other hand, like my friends say, don't meditate until you're underneath the, the tree. <laughs> and, and don't move, right? You're part of the tree. I mean, that, that doesn't work as well. Like you, you don't contribute to society. You don't move forward. It's a wasted life, mm. right? Yeah. Professor Ong, thank you so much for your <laughs> wisdom and advice. Um, I learned a lot from you. And I think one of my biggest takeaways is, is, about, is about helping people, other people to achieve, to become the best forms of who they are. Hmm. Yeah. And, and feeling into the, yeah. Yeah. Feeding into their lives with, with that kind of sincerity. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Mm, thank you. This podcast is produced in conjunction with Catalyst, which is a clinician focused startup incubator and co-working space in Singapore. To find out more about Catalyst, visit their website at thecatalyst.com.sg. Special thanks to Dr. Reina Damawan and the team at Catalyst for their help in making this episode of the Alternative CV Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, do consider subscribing if you haven't done so already or sharing this episode with your friends. I'd love for more people to benefit from this. If you've got something to say, you can always reach out to me at poll, that's P-A-U-L, at alternativecv.fm. Leave a review, get in touch, pick up the conversation, anything you want to talk about. You can also find show notes about everything that we've talked about and any references we made at alternativecv.fm. See you next week. Mm-hmm.